Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Why you suck at sales. Hey, I'm Donnie Bovine, the CEO and founder of Success Champion Networking and author of my new book, Fuck to Focus. This is Growth Mode, a podcast all about growing and scaling your business. Hanging out with me as always is Kevin Snow, the sales automation tactician and genius. And in this episode, we're going to have a lot of fun telling you why you suck so bad at sales. Kevin? All right, so... I think I may have told this story before, but my first sales job did not go well. It I lasted not even a year uh, before they canned my ass and I was out on the street. <laughs> so, but, you know, the, the reason that happened is because I had no clue what I was doing. I had this this vision of what sales and uh, working at a major corporation was and what the reality was <laughs> wasn't even close to what I thought it was and I it uh, I I just couldn't adapt. I couldn't figure it out to make it work for me. You know, uh, back then there was all the sales training was all the Zig Ziglar, Tom Hoskins type stuff with all those really horrible closes, uh, the Ben Franklin clothes, the takeaway clothes, you know, the, you know, would you prefer red or blue for that? You know, the alternative closes, all those types of things. It was just horrible and I couldn't do it. You know, it wasn't until I figured out my personality and what my strengths were that I actually started figuring out how I could sell. So, you know, if you suck at sales, don't worry. It's not a permanent thing. Uh, we're going to help you figure it out. Well, I, I want to explore that first year of sales for you a little bit um, and understand why you really sucked. I mean, what was it that you were trying and weren't doing? I mean, so, you know, for those who may be tuning in for the first time to us, Kevin's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. And I'm fascinated with, you know, how an introvert learns to sell because I think there's more of a learning curve for an introvert learning to sell just because there's a lot more things they have to overcome to be a good salesperson. So that first year for you, um, 
what was it? Was it talking to people, learning the the lines? What was it that caused you to be so shitty at sales? Uh it wasn't the talking to people thing. A lot of my issues were uh, prioritizing my list of work of what I need to do and what I need to get done by. And what, were uh, you doing shit you weren't supposed to be doing? I mean, well, so this was a combined role. So I was a hunter and a nurturer. Uh, so I had to sell business, uh, but then I also had to support accounts. So, I wasn't really good at prioritizing stuff either. Uh, something got on my list. It got on my list at the bottom. And when I got to that point of the list is when I got to it. There wasn't the ability for me to say, oh, this is really important. I need to put this at the top of the list or I need to prioritize this above these other things. So I was very linear in my to-do list thinking. Uh, and that doesn't work in a uh, in a tech, telecommunications industry that is, if something's blowing up it needs to be fixed now because that's having major impact on other clients so now did did you did they give you accounts when you first started off or were these all accounts you captured uh they were uh, i started off with a book of business okay so i often find that when people get a book of business is one of the reasons they suck is there there is emotional attachment to accounts that you get yourself versus accounts that were handed to you. So that initial having to go in and build relationships when they're already established with the company, it's fucking hard, right? For anybody, <laughs> yep. let alone somebody who doesn't know how to fucking sell. So, and the other issue for me was, because I was working some large accounts and we were doing cutovers. We had a lot of uh, the companies, the company I worked for just merged with like four other telecom companies so we were going through and doing all the migration into the centralized billing system and then switching over clients getting them to say yes we want to use your local service as well um so i would be bringing in uh, you know sales engineers and you know there'd be multiple people involved in the sale so it was a complex sale i was you think i'm blunt now i was even more blunt then and I had no issue when we were in meetings trying to fix things with clients, calling out the other vendors that were screwing up in front of the client. So I was, yeah. So I, safe I, to say you were a complete fucking moron your first year of sales. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I was a moron. I was just very outspoken. Uh, in, in the, in my mind, I was defending my client against you know the evil people who are doing things wrong and screwing up their world what uh, what what did management say i mean i had to assume they fucking pulled you aside and say what the fuck did you just call out all the other vendors for <laughs> um management never talked to me about it my sales engineer is like i don't believe you just said that in front of the client and <laughs> she's like wow all right so so that just happened <laughs> and it, you know it was kind of like that but you know, was, you know, we're, it was a client when we, the cut over for their long distance had went horribly wrong because quest, you know, they were us West quest, whatever they're at. Now I don't even know what their name is now. Just literally didn't show up for the time they gave us to do it. So it was kind of obvious in my head that they were the ones that screwed up 
and I didn't understand a whole reason why I need to be nice about it when it was their fault that my client didn't have uh, dial tone for 48 hours. So, For my own you know, sanity, do you understand now why you shouldn't throw them yes. under the bus? Yes. <laughs> Tell me. I'm 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 really fascinated with this. Um because I know the high C logic on the disc side of things. <laughs> that what you did made logical fucking sense, but yeah. every ounce of my being is going, what the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> The, the face Donnie is making right now, for those of you who are listening, pretty much matches the face that was on my sales engineer at the time uh, <laughs> when I said it. Uh, I could just, like, her jaw dropped, her eyes got big, and, and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. Um, but no, it's, you know, I've, I've since learned it's never good, even if you're right. Uh, to call out your competition in front of the client. You know, there are better ways to get the point across that it wasn't our fault or that we're better than them uh, as opposed to just, you know, throwing them under the bus. So. So as you continue through, I'm I'm having fun with your first year sales. We're going to stay here for a little bit. So (laughs) as you continue along, it sounded like you had shitty management because no one, and management ever pulled you aside and said, hey, you can't say the stupid shit you're saying, you know, on sales calls. So what ultimately led up to I me? Mean, I get it was the not prioritizing and getting things done. But how did they know you were fucking up? So my uh, my first manager was that one who actually hired me was freaking awesome. Uh, and uh, she actually had a, uh, a personality really similar to yours. Now that I'm thinking about her, I haven't thought about her in a long time, but she was actually really good. Um and uh, she left the company because of this is, you know, f- uh, Fortune. They were one of the big five telecom carriers. So they were competing with AT&T, WorldCom, all the big names. Um, WorldCom, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, no shit. Uh, so, <laughs> so they were competing on that scale. So there was, you know, multiple levels of management. There was the whole politics, internal office politics thing. Uh, the fact that we're there were now three teams that had been combined and they're going through that. So there's all kinds of drama going on at the office. Uh, so my next manager was uh, came from the outside sales world and had never managed like client support reps before that were managing accounts, but then also selling. Uh, so, yeah, she Terry was her name. Um she was not a good manager. Looking back, there was a lot I learned from her that I didn't know at the time about what not to do when you're managing salespeople. Uh, so, but yeah, there was not a ton of coaching. You know, at one point I was actually put on the performance improvement plan. They're like, you know, we're going to do this. We're not going to give you more accounts. We're not going to give you this stuff a week later. Oh, we need you to manage this association and fix all this stuff. So I'm like, um, we, we, we just had a conversation a week ago about this not happening. Uh, so yeah, it was just not, there was not a lot of good management and training and coaching going on. So and, and I don't think she ever, I don't think she ever actually went on a client meeting with me. So <laughs> Isn't that funny. Uh, that's that's crazy. I mean, because for me, I mean, I never had any coaching and mentoring, nobody telling me how to sell. So I was it was in a similar boat boat, but different type of sale early on, you know. So uh, both of us, you know, had to go through this let's figure out our way of doing things and, and getting better at it though. So, but in this day and age, you know, there's sales is so different from what you and I grew up on. 
and it's it's a completely different game uh, to play. So nowadays, you know, you know, why are people so shitty when it comes to sales? Why do they suck so bad? What are they not doing that they should be doing? There's still a ton of salespeople out there trying to still sell like it's the 90s and the 80s. You know, there are still people that, you know, I'm in a bunch of different sales groups and there are still people going out there and telling people that they need to do hard closing and they need to. And they're giving them all these tired old uh, closing techniques that unless you are, you know, you've been living under a rock and haven't bought anything in the past decade you know, you're going to know what they are and you're going to recognize them, you know, and it's, so there's that going on. Uh, And plus, and there's, you know, a lot of people out there, whether they're business owners or salespeople who are desperate to get the sale because they need the revenue to come in, coming in. So that's, you know, that the commission breath thing is coming across and the clients can tell that, you know, and they're, they're trying to accelerate too fast through the sales cycle. So, you know, that's the big thing when I'm working with my clients is really helping them understand how do your clients make buying decisions? You know, what is their process so that you can make sure you're in sync with them and you're giving them the right stuff at the right time, not just trying to pressure them into saying yes and to make a decision. Yeah, I like that. I I, want to add in there before we jump into solutions too much, but because I think one of the things that's kicking a lot of salespeople's ass is they're not studying their own craft. You know, I, and I think a lot of people get into sales or they try and sell and they, they aren't learning about themselves, learning about the other people. So, which is causing them to do a lot of stupid shit. And when they hear something like, you know, I watched a, a fucking Grant Cardone video the other day, and he's like, if you um, you lose. And I'm like, no, um is fucking human, right? It's about having a real damn conversation. And I think people, because they're not studying the craft of sales, they're not looking for ways to get better in the sales process and uh, trying different things and understanding, to your point, the the people they're sitting across from so they can have a real damn conversation. So, you know, uh, you got to be studying your craft because it's your craft. It's what you do. It's your livelihood. You know, so how do people actually. Oh, you got something? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Ask your question. I was going to say, you know, how do, how do people, one, study their craft? How do they get to know the fucking people they're sitting across from? I mean, we've done a ton of episodes on understanding who you're selling to, but, you know, how do they stop sucking so bad on a sales call? So you got to have real conversations with your clients. You know, if you've been in business for any amount of time and you have a book of business, if you're not asking them questions about how you're doing business and how they want you to be doing business, you're doing it wrong. Because these are people that are giving you money because they like you and you're providing something that's helping them be better at what they do and either generate more revenue or you free up time or you do something that makes them better. They wouldn't be giving you money if they didn't like you. So if you can go to them and say, hey, so we're doing this thing, we're trying to figure out how to do this better and we would love your feedback. 
most of them are going to say, oh, hell yeah, let's go. When do, when do you want to do this? And they're going to be excited to be able to be listened to and to have the opportunity to actually improve their experience with you more. So you got to be going and doing that. That's the number one thing. And it's amazing when I would tell clients that we're going to reach out to their their clients and ask them questions. They're like, really? You you, you want to talk to my my clients? I'm like, <laughs> yes, I want them to tell me what you suck at as opposed to you just making things up. Yeah, and it's fascinating that the people have that initial gut reaction of, oh my God, I don't need you, I don't want you to talk to my clients or I can't ask my clients that. And... For me, that's the number one reason people suck is because it's a transaction and not a relationship. You know, if, if you think you're going to lose an account because you ask them for help in how you do things better, communicate with them better, sell them better, whatever else, then you are in a transactional mindset and you're going to fucking lose that account any goddamn ways. Because you can't keep that transaction alive long enough to to have real conversations. So, um, I mean, as you're listening to this or you're watching this, I really want you to think about your top 10, maybe top five clients and go, can I go ask them how well I'm doing or what things I can do better? And what's the first thought that runs through your head? And if that first thought is, oh, fuck, you know, start there because so go ahead. I was at, at my second sales job, the one I actually ended up figuring out how to sell as an introvert. One of the things I always did is when my clients, especially my best clients, would have some sort of service issue where I had to get third party people involved within my company, wasn't something I could just fix. One of the things I always went back to my, my clients afterwards and said, all right, so I know Bill was in getting a phone fixed or we had this issue going on. So and so our engineers were involved. Hey, what? what how, tell me about how it went and i started asking them to give me feedback on the other parts of the company so now i could go to them and say hey so here's uh, i was talking to my client they love that this happened but they had this suggestion uh and it allowed me to have impact into parts of the business that were impacting my life because if a client's pissed off after a, a customer support issue it's a salesperson that gets called and yelled at not the customer support team you know so that was really positive for me because that was a really huge way to build that relationship as a sales guy where it did involve me trying to sell to them. You know, that is one of the big issues, especially in sales where you keep a book of accounts and you own all the revenue coming from them is half the time when a salesperson calls you, it's just because they're trying to get you to buy something. It's for all sure. about a tr another transaction. It's not about, yep. hey, how do we make the relationship better? You know, but being able to call and say, hey, I know this just went on. Tell me about it. What went good? What pissed you off? Where can we do better? You know, going forward, that's a huge way to get that relationship built is by letting them give feedback and not just the automated stuff. It's like, hey, that you, that you get from all the online systems. Hey, let us know how we did it. Your recent customer service issue, you know, rate your quality, the uh, skill of your support rep one to five. That doesn't do anything. Yeah, you know, you, you made me think of uh, the the first time that I actually asked a client how I could do better, and it was a it was a company named Danko. This is kind of cool. I haven't thought about this in a while, and and I reached out because I knew we only had a portion of their business, but they weren't giving us the bulk of it. And I asked, you know, very specifically, you know, how do we, you know, what could we do better? You know, what could we improve? 
And I remember she looked at me and she goes, you know, it's really kind of frustrating that I have to pick up the phone and call you for every order and then send an email off and then we process the order. She's like, that just feels like it's a lot of steps. And I took that back to Jane, you know, who was my boss. And I said, hey, how do we expedite this? I mean, we've done everything to digital. How do we move this? And she goes, well, we just created these new websites where they could order straight through the websites. Can we upload all their stuff to there? So we went back, we uploaded all of their stuff that they ordered, you know, uh, on this website. And I went out, you know, the next day or two after we had gotten that all set up, I sat down with them and I said, I think this will make the process better. And she went in, she logged in, she goes, wait, I can just order this. I don't want to reach out to you, I don't have to contact you. I said, nope, we can just sit here and talk about the Rangers. She was a huge Texas Rangers fan. Uh, I said, we can just talk about the Rangers. She goes, I love that. And we started, you know, bullshitting along. While we're sitting there, she placed like six orders. And some of them were shit she'd never <laughs> ordered for us, right? Um, through us. And we ended up winning almost all the printing business for that account simply because I went in and just asked, you know, how can we do this better? And then we came up with a solution that, you know, no other vendor at the time was doing or creating. And it was fucking awesome. And which then led me to start asking all my clients. I'm like, what if we had a way that you wouldn't have to reach out to me every time you need a place to order? And we started building all these fucking websites and shit for people. It was really cool. Is, was it the convenience or they were just excited not to have to talk to you? Well, probably all the above. <laughs> but <laughs> I was a schmoozer, man, man. Especially especially you give me the the older gals that were doing the ordering or the more seasoned gals, man. I, I loved hanging out with those clients because, you know, I, I was – just that schmuck growing up that knew how to flirt just with these older gals, getting them giggling and laughing and, and having a good time. Um, didn't work on yeah. the guys for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> mm. You probably just weren't doing it right. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of yeah. like that first company to decide, hey, what if we set up a, a store on a website where uh, our clients' employees can actually buy their own you know, logo material, you know, their, their yeah. own t-shirts and different stuff. They want a coffee mug. Oh, look, you can order it and get it yourself at a special price, you know, and now marketing or anyone doesn't have to be thinking about, oh, we need to order more mugs. We need to do this. You know, it's coming up with those solutions for the things that, you know, seem not like a big thing to you, but are a pain in the ass to your client that is what's going to generate revenue and generate those relationships. And especially if you ask them, they say, we hate this. It's like, oh, I think we can fix that. Let's do this. How does this work? They're like, oh, my God, you did that for us. That was so cool. And you didn't make us buy more stuff to do it. So yeah. I, that that two-way conversation is huge. Yeah. And, I, I you know, in addition to asking your clients, I think it's it's – studying you it's it's learning how you say things and how to say things better it's learning how to connect with other people it's learning to to get detached and, and it's trying shit man it's you know the the people get so intimidated by the situation of sales in general that they just do the same fumble fuck through like they always do and you'll see with rookie sales reps that they'll only tend to stay with, you know, a few particular accounts. Like if you hand them accounts, they may find a relationship and connect with one or two of them, but there's gonna be five or six they can't build that relationship with. 
if people would learn to connect with all of those accounts and like build those relationships and, and understand how they can get emotionally outside of the conversation, uh, they'll have a lot more and better, more professional conversations, you know, in, in general, you know, so any last words on why people suck at sales? Well, and I think the other reason people suck at sales and it's, it's partly them and partly everyone else is that they don't actually have someone as a mentor. Yeah. You know, that was the big change for me when I got to my new job. I had a, who had, I had a sales manager at the new at Nextel. She was all right. She was pretty cool. Uh, but then there was a swap. She went to another job and that person came into the sales manager position. And that was a turning point because he loved he could outsell anyone in the company but he loved working with his team he was all about building that relationship and that team camaraderie and figure out how to make the team successful so he was he wanted to spend his days out in the field with his reps and giving feedback and helping them close business and getting it out in front of clients and that made a huge difference for me because now i could see and hear what he was saying and now I could start to emulate and I could start to figure out how do I do that? How does that fit into my process? Uh, and, you know, how do I get rid of the pitch deck and go into a different type of sales process? And, you know, and having him be able to come in and say, all right, so what if you change it this way and do that? And giving me the feedback was key. And that accelerated the transformation for me is because I had that person who had already been successful for a decade in sales and it wasn't just he did year one over and over you know he progressed and he got yeah. good at his job uh and having that person who could share and help me figure out and learn my my trade right and if you're in a situation where you don't have a sales manager vp sales somebody grooming you along find a fucking selling buddy Somebody that, you know, especially if you're doing like a lot of Zoom sales, like a lot of people still are, is have somebody that's off screen that can listen to the whole sales conversation behind the scenes. Maybe you got your phone sitting on speakerphone close by so they can hear both sides of the conversation. So you can get feedback from a sales buddy, but you can need to turn around and do that for them as well, you know, and listen in on their sales calls so they can understand the style and how things work because you're right. Oftentimes, until we hear somebody else say it, it doesn't always make sense in our head. I was uh, talking with a friend yesterday, helping her um, with a speech she's got to give for her company. And, you know, like a lot of do oftentimes when I help somebody with a speech, she had all of her things wrote down, all of her points. And I said, do you want to hear what this speech sounds like? And she goes, Sure. And so I did her speech for her in like seven minutes, right? The whole 60 minute speech, I ran through it. And she goes, can you just do it for me? You want to just come to the office? And I said, <laughs> Nick, you got to understand, I've been doing this shit for 20 some odd years now. So being able to do things like this comes naturally to me. I just wanted you to hear the word so you could wrap your head around it, that when you do it, you know what it sounds like and what's actually being said. And that's for a lot of people. It's a really, really healthy endeavor. So find a sales buddy. So I think for this one, man, a lot of it is, you know, uh, go study your craft. Go, go try and get better. Learn how to say things, you know, understand the psychology behind sales, understand how to connect with people you know, actually evolve by, by doing new and more creative things. 
and lean into your management, your VPs, and ask them to come on sales calls with you. Or, and if you don't have that, find a freaking sales buddy that you can bring along for the ride and get credible instant feedback from. And I think all those things will help you out tremendously, you know, improve your sales process. So if you guys got any tips, values, tricks, anything out of this you can use, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to podcast. Share this out with one friend. And as always, love you, mean it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.